There are two current NHL teams deploying Hart Trophy winners in their bottom six forward groups. And only one remains in his prime, and that is Taylor Hall, who played a huge role on the third line for the Boston Bruins in last night's win over the Colorado Avalanche. Let's get into today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, shall we? Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Thursday, December 8th. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day, free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, if you are on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. The Bruins last night were in Colorado taking on a very injury depleted avalanche squad, already missing Gabriel Landeskog, Valerie Nachushkin, Bowen Byram. Uh, they were also without Nathan McKinnon in this one, who's out four weeks with a upper body injury. And it was the third line, comprised of Charlie Coyle, Trent Frederick, and Taylor Hall, that came up big once again for the Boston Bruins. Hall, a former Hart Trophy winner, like I mentioned off the top, he scored two goals, added an assist for three points on the night. The only other Hart Trophy winner currently in the bottom six around the NHL would be Corey Perry, playing a depth role currently for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But Hall clearly more in his prime, winning the Hart Trophy in 2018 and enjoying one of the best seasons of his career to date. In fact, Taylor Hall is now up on the season to 11 goals and 9 assists for 20 points. And he's on pace for 36 goals, 30 assists over the course of the regular season. That would be a near career high in goals. He set that career mark back in that MVP season with 39 goals, 54 assists for 93 points, but he's topped 30 goals never again in his career. And his uh, other career high in points is 80 back when he was a youngster playing with the Edmonton Oilers. So he's on pace for his second best goal season and his third best point total of his career at the moment and this all coming while playing on the third line as of late one player who is really stepping up is also Trent Frederick uh, playing with Coyle Hall finally playing 
a consistent, clean, productive stretch of hockey here. Uh, he recorded a goal and an assist in last night's game against the Avalanche. He now has points in four of his last five games. Three goals, three assists over that span. And his confidence is growing nightly playing with Coyle and Hall. This all comes with Pavel Zaka being placed on the second line to play with his checkmates in David Krejci and David Pasternak. And this chemistry between Coyle and Hall is legit. And Frederick coming along for the ride and not just as a passenger, but as a contributing member. Uh, he now has Frederick 11 points, 6 goals, 5 assists in 22 games. Just 7 shy of his career high in points, 18 in 60 games last season. He said Coyle and Hall have been very positive to him. Coaching staff has been really good, pushing him to play a lot of confidence. And he's holding onto the puck more, knowing that maybe he has an extra second, believing in his skills and the people around me and not feeling so uptight. He's got a newfound freedom, confidence, um... And it's something we didn't see under Bruce Cassidy. And something that has come out under Jim Montgomery. Although he was made a healthy scratch in the season opener. Uh, missed a couple games along the way. But uh, Montgomery said he's gotten better and better. His confidence has grown. They're seeing now is him getting closer to his ceiling. He's playing on his offside too. Playing on the right side, that has a real benefit for him as well. He can make better plays to the middle because he can carry the puck back. And we're also seeing the evolution of his one-timer, um, which he is using quite regularly to great efficacy. And um, that was how he scored his goal last night. Scoring on a one-timer at 624 of the third period to basically put the game away for Boston. Um, Coyle said it, it's awesome to see. Freddie's such a great guy, such a great team guy. He'll do anything for everyone. Sometimes it takes a little bit in the league to find yourself, find your confidence, and he's playing the right way, doing the right things, and finding the score sheet. And I've said it many, many times that in order to succeed in today's NHL, you have to have a contributing bottom six. Think back to even 2011 when the Bruins won the cup. Their third line instrumental in bringing that depth scoring and helping the team uh, succeed. And we saw that last night. Coyle with two points. Frederick with two points. Taylor Hall with three. Uh, David Pasternak opened the scoring with his 18th of the season. But it was all the third line from there. And if this line can remain consistent, then the Bruins are going to be even harder to beat. It's one thing to have a stacked top six with Taylor Hall riding with Krejci and Pasternak and then Marchand, Bergeron, and DeBrusque. But the ability to put Zaka, who's been very effective on the second line, with, uh, with those scoring guys and then to have Taylor Hall who can drive possession, create opportunities on the third line. 
it's just a huge luxury for the Boston Bruins. And, you know, Taylor Hall said he wants to be out there as much as he can, have the puck as much as he can. And with Krejci and Pasta, there's only one puck out there, and it can be hard to get in the game and get many touches playing with those two incredibly skilled offensive players. The line he's on right now, he gets to carry it up ice a little bit more, generate some more zone time and possession time. And Freddie making himself open. Coil's a guy who can forecheck, make some room down low. And it, right now, it's an incredible mix. Uh, and it's really working for the Boston Bruins. They're playing the right way, forechecking. More importantly, Frederick not out there as a liability, not uh, you know taking penalties and putting his team down. Uh, he has one minor penalty over his last five games, uh, which is huge. Usually, he'd be out there uh, taking unnecessary penalties. He only has two minor penalties since November 5th. He's got a fighting major in there as well. Nine penalty minutes since the beginning of uh, November. That's a fantastic step for him as well to have that discipline and to uh, contribute offensively on top of it. Again, the Colorado Avalanche, injury depleted, a shadow of the Stanley Cup roster. But still, it was a big road game for the Boston Bruins. They got the depth scoring and picked up the two points. You can only play who the other team has available. It's not Boston's fault that Colorado was injured. And they'll now get ready for Friday night's game in Arizona on a college rink uh, before heading to Vegas to play on Sunday. Coming up after the break, I'm going to do our weekly cup check where we take a look at the top five teams around the NHL and assess where the Bruins rank among them. Are they glass half full or cup half full, cup half empty? But first, a word about today's sponsor, which is Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer, esports. They've got it all at betonline.net and, of course, hockey included. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every day. Free and available wherever you get podcasts. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the score sheet and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So with the win last night, the Bruins... Remain atop the NHL with 43 points and their first in point percentage as well, having played one fewer game than the New Jersey Devils, who also have 
43 points. Uh, the Bruins are the second team to reach the 100-goal mark. The other team, they hit that last night, the Buffalo Sabres, in a 9-4 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. They have 105 goals for. Where the Bruins also excel is team defense. They've allowed a league-low 53 goals, amounting to a plus 47 goal differential, which is better than New Jersey's plus 39. The third place team is the Dallas Stars at plus 22. I mentioned the Devils, they're second right now in point percentage, tied with, uh, oh, sorry, tied with the Bruins in terms of total points. Next in points is the Vegas Golden Knights. But they've played one more game than the Toronto Maple Leafs, who sit in third in terms of point percentage, 7.04. Fifth place right now, in terms of point percentage, is the Winnipeg Jets. They're at 6.88. Uh, one point back of the Carolina Hurricanes, but they have two games in hand. Your top five teams in terms of goal differential, Boston, New Jersey, like I mentioned, Dallas in third, with Vegas and Winnipeg in fourth and fifth. So the top five teams this week, Boston, New Jersey, Toronto, Vegas, and Winnipeg. Boston still sitting atop the NHL in point percentage and goal differential. Of course, I always like to take a look at the underlying numbers as well and at 5-on-5 five five because that's where the majority of the game is played. Shot attempt differential, 5-on-5. Five five. The Bruins currently sit 5th with a 52.89 shot attempt differential. That's calculated by taking their shot attempts for 1,117 and comparing it to their shots attempts against, which would be 995. They're fifth right now. Also in the top five, Calgary in fourth, the Florida Panthers in third, New Jersey Devils in second, Carolina Hurricanes in first. When you look at the scoring chance differential, five on five, you have the New Jersey Devils in first, Carolina Hurricanes second, Florida Panthers third, and then our Boston Bruins in fourth. High danger chance differential, Devils in first, Bruins in second. Expected goals, Devils in first, Carolina followed by the Bruins. So underlying numbers wise, the Bruins and Devils are clearly the class of the league at the moment. First, second, top five. They're also first and second in terms of PDO, uh, which is the save percentage plus shooting percentage, five on five, added up, and you get a mark of 103.6. The Bruins have a 9.2 shooting percentage, 94.39 uh, save percentage, so they're at 103.6. That was boosted last night by Linus Allmark's shutout over the Colorado Avalanche. So they're getting 
Offensive production, both teams are getting timely saves. Vitek Vanacek has stepped up for the Devils in a big way, emerging as a Vesna Trophy candidate. But their underlying numbers support that it's not just luck that's carrying them. It's one thing if you are riding a unsustainable shooting percentage or save percentage, but both the Devils and the Bruins are top five, if not top three, if not top one and two in terms of shot attempt differential, scoring chance differential, high danger chances, and expected goals. The Devils get a bit of the edge. They have their first in high danger chances, uh, first in scoring chances, first in expected goals. The Carolina Hurricanes are up there as well, so they are a team to keep an eye on uh, their actual success rate in terms of scoring is quite low. They are 7.28 shooting percentage, which is 27th in the NHL. If they can find the back of the net with a bit more regularity, regularity, they will be a team to be reckoned with for sure. So right now, I'd say, yeah, it matches with the standings and the underlying numbers. Boston and New Jersey are the top two teams in the NHL at the moment. Uh, Toronto, their underlying numbers, not as strong. Uh, Vegas is up there. Winnipeg, Seattle uh, are uh, fifth and sixth in point percentage. I'd say Carolina deserves more credit than what the standings show uh, in terms of their underlying numbers not matching their actual production. Same with the Florida Panthers. They're still a team to be reckoned with. But right now, Boston, New Jersey, clearly the top teams in the NHL. The standings show it, and the underlying numbers prove it as well. And uh, don't forget, the Bruins will play New Jersey twice later this month. Unfortunately, both games will be on the road, both games in New Jersey, and both games will be Boston's second in a series of back-to-back games. They play the Winnipeg Jets on the 22nd at home, then travel to New Jersey to play the Devils on the 23rd. And then they play the Ottawa Senators on the 27th in Ottawa, then fly to New Jersey to take on the Devils the next night. So uh, New Jersey will be playing a bit of a rested team. Let's check their schedule and see if they have a back-to-back situation for those games as well. And uh, just looking at their schedule, they play the 21st against the Panthers, then play the Bruins on the 23rd. Then they don't play again until that game on the 28th. So they will have a big advantage when it comes to uh, rest as the Bruins play the night before. They have the night off both times, and the Devils actually have five days off in between their two games. Going to take a look at what's next for the Bruins, as well as award the Big Bear from last night after the break. All right, so last night, like I said, the Bruins, 4-0 winners over a very injury-depleted Colorado Avalanche. I'm saying that 
several times so that Avalanche fans don't come at me once again saying, you didn't beat the Stanley Cup champs, you beat the Colorado Eagles, blah, blah, blah. Bruins still winners last night. Big Bear can't not give it to Taylor Hall. Two goals, one assist, three points, five shots on goal. Uh, embracing a more limited role for the Bruins, but in that limited role, he's getting more touches, more looks, more opportunities. Uh, Frederick, of course, one goal, one assist for two points, two shots on goal, one hit um, on the blue line. Lindholm, Carlo, Clifton, all with four shots apiece. Linus Allmark wasn't overly tested, but he got the shutout. 23 shots, 23 saves, and he improved his already league-leading numbers. Uh, His save percentage now 939, which is higher than Connor Hellebuck's 932. Uh, Next up would be uh, in terms of starting goalies, you have uh, who who's up there? Matt Murray's at 9:32. He's only played nine games though. Ilya Sorokin at 9:27. Goals against average. Allmark's now at 1.82, and he's got two shutouts, which is behind Vili Husso of the Red Wings and Connor Hellebuck, who has uh, three as well. So Linus Allmark again against an injury-depleted avalanche, still picking up the shutout and establishing himself as uh, one of the top goalies in the NHL uh, this season. The Bruins off today, traveling to Arizona, where they will take on the Coyotes on Friday night. The Coyotes lost 8-2 to the Oilers on Wednesday. The Bruins will be making their lone trip to Mullet Arena, uh, where uh, the Coyotes currently play. Uh, you know, a college rink should be pretty fun to watch on TV, at least. And uh, we'll do a full preview of that game on uh, on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Hope you're all doing well, taking care of yourselves, taking care of each other. Uh, Last night, watched some of the game, of course, caught up this morning, and uh, also introduced my wife, Lauren, to Yellow Jackets, which is one of my favorite shows of the past year, and looking forward to uh, season two, which will be coming out in March. If you haven't watched that yet, do check it out. All right, that's it for today's episode, my friends. We'll talk to you again here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins. Your favorite team every single day.